Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Man, we've been getting a lot of feedback, and I'm grateful for it. People saying, hey, this podcast helped me a lot when I got born again again and really encourages me. So we love hearing feedback. So thank you guys so much. Today, we're going to take you back to some of the basics. So this one is going to be called, Who is Jesus? Uh, John chapter 14, verse 6, a very uh, famous verse, Jesus said, he was talking to Philip and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. We could spend a, um, uh, actually it was Thomas, Thomas said that to him, but he, we could spend a long time on this subject of who is Jesus. But we're going to focus in on a couple things. First of all, he's the way. The number one thing, if there's anyone out there, <laughs> everyone out there who's listening is a disciple of Christ. So, so uh, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, whether you're called to be an evangelist in the full-time ministry or not, uh, preaching the gospel will be part of your life. You're called to always be able to give um, a reason for the hope that you have in Christ, right? Called to be uh, uh, ministers of reconciliation, called to do the work of the ministry. So the first thing you need to know is Jesus is the only way to the Father. Acts 4.12 says, There's no name given unto heaven and earth by which man can be saved but the name of Jesus. You know, there's this ungodly, demonic doctrine about, yeah, God's merciful, and so what about people who live in other countries where they don't get to hear about Jesus? And so, you know, God, I believe God made a way uh, for some people you know, God, whatever you want to call him, if you want to call him Allah, if you want to call him God, if you want to call him the universe, you know, he's just so merciful and loving. Remember God's love. Why would he just make one way? What about for people in other countries? And they come up with these things, right? These things that are demonic doctrines. But you have to understand the reason why Jesus is the only way to the Father is because of there was an enemy that had to be defeated. So Jesus, when he was crucified, first of all, he couldn't have been born under sin. So he had to be without sin, right? Because if he had been born under the sin, he would have been born under the devil's jurisdiction. So the only reason Jesus said, here the prince of the world is coming, but he has nothing in me is because there is no nature of the devil. This may be a harsh uh, reality for you, but since Adam, every person born into the bloodline of the, the human race has been a child of the devil, born into sin, right? There's only two natures, the nature of God and the nature of Satan. And so when Adam sinned, he basically uh, changed natures to be a sinner. And so, oh, I was raised in a great family. You were a child of the devil, right? And then you got born again and you, you became a new creature in Christ Jesus. Your nature changed. And so for someone to be uh, the way to God, he couldn't have been born of the flesh, had to be born a virgin, right? Had to be born um, uh, uh, born of the, outside of the lineage of Adam. So uh, God sent his son. He had to send his son, someone who wasn't of the nature. He couldn't have raised up a prophet to pay for the sins, right? So Islam says, uh, Islam says that you do things that are good to make up for what's wrong. You serve Allah. You do things that are good to make up for what you've done wrong. And then if you've done enough good, you make it, right? Short paraphrase, among other things. I know that's not the whole picture, right? But that's a paraphrase. But even things that, but who who says they're good, right? That's my question is who says they're even good? You can, oh, I donated a cherry. Well, maybe you did it for a selfish motive. Like, how can you think that anything you do is good? 
because it comes from a tainted heart, right? A heart that's desperately wicked, the Bible says. But so Jesus, when he was crucified with the sins of the world, he, the sins of the world, he paid for their penalty. He went down into the grave. And the Bible says that he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He was the only one who was able to do it. The Bible says that there is no way for death to hold him. He, did, he couldn't stay dead because it was impossible for death to hold him. Why? Because the, the sins of the world were on his body. His spirit was still perfect, but the sins of the world were on his body. So when his body died on the cross and his spirit went into hell, the only reason he was there is because he needed to get those keys back. And so he defeated Satan. Satan was defeated by Jesus Christ, not my Buddha, not by whatever. It was a battle for jurisdiction. And so the enemy had to be taken out. So Jesus is the only way to God. Number one. Number two, Jesus is the truth. Well, what is truth? The thing about truth, truth is actually very different from facts. It may be a fact that tomorrow here in in this cold winter in Florida, it's going to be 77 degrees, right? That's a fact. That's a scientific fact that the the temperature is this, right? Um, a fact may be your age. Your age is a fact. You may have a doctor's report saying that you are, uh, you know, type two diabetes, right? Or you're ADD. They've diagnosed it in your attention deficit disorder. Different. Truth belongs to God. The Bible says truth is everlasting. The Bible says so. When the this this earth passes away, truth will remain. So truth is important because truth actually has the ability to change facts. The truth of God's word is that I'm healed. The fact may be that I have symptoms in my body. Truth changes fact. Jesus is truth. So he has the power to change fact. And truth is eternal. Oprah Winfrey always says, you got to live your own truth. And there's no such thing. Mankind doesn't invent truth. Truth belongs to God, the Bible says. It's his. He is truth and truth belongs to him. So when someone says, someone says something and someone says, ain't that the truth? You know, you could be like, that person's rude. Ain't that the truth? No, that may be a fact, but truth, facts can change truths never change. That's the difference. So Jesus is an unchangeable truth. Man, the Bible says in Romans 125 that man traded in the truth of God for a lie or changed the truth. So here's a truth. The Bible says that his judgments are true, right? So here's a truth. Worship God. He's the only God. That's an eternal truth. Man says there's many gods. That's changing the truth for a lie. Jesus is the truth. That's why he's full of power, because the truth will set you free. Hey, how about that? Man, how do you come up with this stuff? I don't come up with anything. I study and I do word searches. And so I see a word like truth and I say, what does the Bible have to say about truth? And then you study and then you know things. Funny how that works. Um, Next thing, Jesus is the life. You know, the Bible says um, in John 1, chapter uh, four, it says, well, John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. And then it says, in him was life and the life was the light of men. The eternal life itself is found in Jesus Christ. He's the only option to go to the father. So he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. The next thing, because I wanted to get a few more points across, the next Uh, who is Jesus? Jesus is 
the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. That's Revelation 13.8. What that's saying is Jesus was God's plan all along. You know, God knows the end from the beginning. And so God knew even before he created Adam, he knew that Adam would sin. And so even at the foundation of the world, before Adam existed, when the world was founded, God had already in his heart given his son. And so we look at things on a timeline, right? We look at Adam came first, Cain, Abel, on down the line, right? You know, 4,000 years later, 6,000, you know, whatever. We look at the timeline, right? And then Jesus came. But Jesus was God's plan all along. Prophecy, Bible prophecy is one of the great keys to uh, winning the loss because the Bible testifies of Jesus. So you can read the Old Testament and think, well, you know, this doesn't have Jesus in it. But Jesus is all through the Old Testament. The first prophecy about Jesus was about the Messiah was um, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And it says here, um, after the, 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 uh, the serpent tempted the woman in the fall of man, it says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He's talking to the snake here. He's talking to Lucifer. And he says, or Satan, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Why is that important? Because here is the prediction of the seed of the woman. If you've done any uh, learning in school, the seed doesn't come from the woman. It comes from the man. So to say the seed of the woman was predicting the virgin birth. It was again predicted in Isaiah Uh, again, that a virgin will um, conceive, right? And so here we have where God already knew ahead. And that's why Revelation is able to be written ahead of time. What happens in the end is because God doesn't see it on the same timeline. He, He created time to put us in. I know some of these things we can, uh, you begin to get into like quantum mechanics, right? And some of this stuff. But uh, if you go watch the next Marvel movie, um, the next Doctor Who Marvel movie about the multiverse, you'll start to understand things in the Bible uh, even better. No, I'm kidding. Um, but, but so here's the seed. So all along, all through the Old Testament, man, um, uh, prophecies about the Messiah. It's one of the ways, it's, it's history written beforehand, Right. Um, so Jesus is born of a virgin. The Bible predicted he'd be of the seed of a woman, not the man, that he'd be born in Bethlehem. He predicted that in Micah 5, 2, that shepherds were or shepherds or desert nomads, which are shepherds would worship him, that kings would bring him treasure, that he'd be known as God with us, which is Emmanuel, uh, that he'd be of the lineage of Abraham. So he'd be a Jew. He'd be of the lineage of Isaac, of Jacob, of the line of David, David, the seed of Judah, um, God's son right? This is the biggest point of contention for Jews, is that he'd be God's son. That's a big deal, because if you can show them that the Messiah was called, they think he's going to be, they don't think he's going to be God's son, right? Um, the Bible predicted in Hosea 11.1 1, that he would be, come through Egypt, that he'd be called a Nazarene, right? As Jesus of Nazareth, that he'd be the Passover lamb. So here's a crazy thing you may not have known. There's, right, there was the weekly Sabbath, and then there was the yearly Sabbath, which was the Passover. Jesus was killed on the day the yearly sacrifice was made. What time was he crucified? He was crucified. He was put on the cross at nine in the morning and he was crucified. Um, and at 3 p.m. is when he gave up the ghost. That was the exact time that they would have been killing the lamb to prepare. Hallelujah. Would have been killing the lamb to prepare for the yearly Sabbath. That's why when you read through the resurrection timeline, you see two, you see like um, 
on the pr- uh, preparation for the Sabbath. And then like two days later, it's another preparation. It's because there were two Sabbaths in one week. It was the, the one from Friday night through to Saturday night. And then there was the yearly one, which was from uh, Wednesday night to Thursday night, right? So that was the yearly Sabbath. So we could spend more time on that, but we won't. And so Jesus was God's plan all along. And that's such a proof to his life, man, that he was born. He, he was the Passover lamb. It even predicted the year and we could get into it. But the, the Bible predicted the year that he would come through the book of Daniel, chapter 9, verse 20. It predicted, you could see the 69 weeks. You can actually go and do the math and show the year that he was going to come, the, the, the things surrounding his birth. The Bible predicted he would have a sin-free life in Exodus, um, the plot to be murdered. The Bible predicted that he would be sold for 30 silver coins, right? He'd be betrayed for 30 silver coins, even the specifics of how much he, that, how much Judas would have gotten. It doesn't name Judas, but that he would have been betrayed, right? So, so many things. The, the Messiah would perform healing and miracles in Isaiah. Um, uh, there is so many here, so uh, I'm going to skip them over because I want to get to one more thing. But Jesus was God's plan all along. And so you can know, looking at the Old Testament, it's one of the greatest testaments when you can actually break it down for a sinner. Like, hey, this is what the Bible said 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years in advance about the Messiah. And then this was his life. Um, this is what happened, right? Uh, and then the last point I want you to see, and I may not have time to finish this one, but besides being G- Jesus being God, Jesus being the way to God, the truth, the life, Jesus, and then also being God's plan all along. Jesus is uh, the perfect human. Jesus is our example after we're born again. People have this idea and they say things like, well, they have a temper and they're like, well, I ain't Jesus. But the truth is the Bible says in Colossians 3.10 that we put on the new man, which is being renewed in knowledge of him who created him. That the God's plan for us is that we become more and more like Jesus. The example of Jesus' life on earth, from when he got baptized in the whole, from when he was born, sin free, and then got baptized in the Holy Ghost, is our life as born again believers. That new creature, the Bible says that Jesus was the firstborn of many brethren. That new creature is Jesus before his his um, before his crucifixion. Now, Jesus, after his resurrection, is us 2.0, when we get our glorified bodies, when Jesus walked through the wall, right? That's us when we get our glorified bodies, be able to transport places. But the life that he lived, full of miracles, full of the power of God, laying hands on the sick, right? Above all the power of the devil, that's the authority that we have. What does God want my life to look like? Look at Jesus. What would Jesus do? Jesus has been God's plan all along, but he's the one that we can look at. And anything you see in the life of Jesus that you see, man, he didn't sweat about anything. He was in, talk about no stress. Like he was in the back of a boat sleeping when there was a storm and he just stood up, peace, be still. Well, you know, we we can't expect greater works than these show you do because I go to my father. So we're going to talk in the days ahead about yielding, which is, I believe, the absolute key to our life and to increasing in the things of God. But for now, a primer. Who is Jesus? Hey, he's my Lord and Savior. I'm glad to know him. He's the only way to God. Father, we glorify you. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for predicting him so we could know that he's the one who was to come. Lord, many people have come and claimed to be the Messiah, but they've come and gone. Jesus has come and now he stays in our hearts. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We bless you for sending Jesus. Lord, 
Help us to be bold in our faith, to communicate him to those around us. We love you, Lord. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next podcast.